We steal the waves in the air and never give them back. We are Lo-Fi Poli Sci. to Pickering Unplugged. Today we're going over five stories from the past seven days that I think are most important and why. And there's no time limit on this. Pickering Unplugged goes until it's gotten. Simple as that. So what have we been talking about lately? And what are we talking about today? My five picks of the week are Myanmar protest and the military coup. Tanzania's president dies and the vice president becomes president, now being one of the most powerful women in all of Africa. China messing around in the South China Sea, again, and still. Our fourth one, Thailand and protest. Yes, people are still protesting in Thailand. And number five, ripped jeans and knees in India. A conversation about misogyny. But let's kick it off with Myanmar and our headline from the weekend. Myanmar activists plan new protest after weekend bloodshed. Reuters. First off, let me refresh your memory a bit here. The military coup took place on February 1st. Today it's March 22nd. It's been almost two months since this coup happened. People protesting, the government arresting journalists left and right, protesters dying, mass countrywide strikes. And tomorrow, or today, the protesters are still pushing forward, facing a military that just doesn't seem to care and will keep arresting and killing people until they completely lock up the entire country, just how it used to be. I mean, check your history. I'm not going to go all the way down that rabbit hole, but democracy was very much a new thing for Myanmar. And Aung San Suu Kyi just had new charges dropped on her, and the military is providing a new witness to testify that she accepted half a million dollars in bribes from him. She's been in jail since February 1st, originally on some illegal walkie-talkie charges. And yes, I'm serious because that's all the military thought it needed to come up with at the time to lock her up. And why? Why would the military think that a ridiculous charge on walkie-talkies would be all they need? Um, because no one ever does anything when a country does horrible things to its own people? I mean, look at the Rohingya. They have been persecuted. And about one million of them have been in exile in Bangladesh and India and other countries since 2017. In August of 2017, the Myanmar military drove them out of the country and committed crimes against humanity. That was over three years ago. And what did anyone do? You don't even need a five count. Sanctions and hard talk. That's it. And for local politics itself, what did Aung San Suu Kyi do as well? Nothing. She was quiet over the entire thing. And for three years, the military in Myanmar watched, as the world did next to nothing, after they drove one million Muslim minorities out of their country. And the military learned from this. They learned that they could probably do it to the entire country, and no one would do a single thing. And, you know, except sanctions and talk hard. But so they did it. And what's happened? Sanctions and talking hard. I mean, for real, democracy has left the building. And globally speaking, democracy is in decline. You know, Freedom House for all their flaws. They got that quote right. 
But hey, let's shift gears to our second topic of the day. I don't want to lose these five people who are listening right now. I'll save my next rant for a little bit later. Our following headline comes from the AP. Tanzania's populist president, John Mugafuli, has died at age 61. AP News. So this story is important for a multitude of reasons to make my list for the week. Firstly, it's rare that a world leader dies in office, especially one so young. And yes, 61 is young for a world leader. Just check how old yours is. So straight up, this president, he was a complete skeptic of the 19 and said it was beaten, said it was done, and said Tanzania was good. And you know what? It just wasn't so. And he died from it. But his passing brings forth a really unique opportunity for Tanzania. You see, this former president won last year's presidential election by 84% to 13 from his next closest opponent. And even if you've never taken a class with me, you can imagine, when Lo-Fi Poli Sci sees 84% as anyone's electoral win, oh, we call some bullshit straight up on that. This was not a free and fair election, and opposition ran into all kinds of problems. But now the former president's political party, they're still in power, both in the executive and the legislature. But his vice president, Samaya Saluhu, a woman, now becomes one of the most powerful women in all of Africa. And this new president is reportedly loved by many in the country, though she's still part of the political party that has major opposition to it. However, she's not the former president. She's her own person, regardless of political affiliation. In Tanzania, this is one worth watching, lo-fi listeners. This is why it makes my list this week. There's a lot going to be going down in Tanzania real soon. Keep your eyes open. Now to our third story, the headline. Philippines says 220 Chinese boats have encroached in South China Sea. Reuters. Man, China will just not quit with this South China Sea dispute now, will they? And for years, this has been going on. And for years, China just pushes the envelope. And what do we get? Hard talk, sanctions here and there, but not really in this case. And then more hard talk. And the Philippines are reporting that from what they can tell, these boats are fishing vessels that are being crewed by Chinese military personnel. 220 boats, mind you. You know what you call 220 boats? You call it a damn fleet. I mean, if I would have done this headline, it would have went something like this. Chinese fleet rolls up on Philippines. I mean, I'm not going into this anymore because I need to save my energy for what's to come. But this one makes my list for a lot of reasons. But mostly, this is a reoccurring problem. This is nothing new. And it seems like this is not getting fixed at all. Except by China. China's fixing it by just keeping on going forward. And if this trend continues that no one does anything and China keeps expanding, the South China Sea dispute will not be a dispute. It will simply be the South China Sea. But next up, another story for us that just keeps on going. Thai police use tear gas, rubber bullets to break up protest. AP. And you didn't think that Thailand pro-democracy and anti-monarchy protesters stopped just because we weren't talking about them, did you? Oh, come on. Remember, 200 countries in the world, we can't talk about them all. Though going forward, we'll be talking about a whole lot more with this new lineup starting this week. But this one makes my list because 
these protesters in Thailand have been going hard since last year back in spring, and even before that, since the elections of the former military coup leader became the leader in the democratically elected government. And if that sounds like it could be a model for what Myanmar's military is doing, you wouldn't be wrong. The world didn't do anything when this happened to Thailand. Why would they do anything when it happened to Myanmar? Good question, right? And where did the Myanmar protesters get their three-finger salute? You know, Thailand protesters fighting for their rights to live and to be free. So yeah, people are still protesting in Thailand because they still aren't free. People are protesting all over the world right now to be free. I mean, although we haven't talked about it in these past few weeks, but Belarus, Russia, protests are still going on there, but the freezing temperatures and snow have kind of stopped them for right now. But those protesters will be coming back. You know why? Because they're still not free. And at any given moment, in all 200 countries in the world, there are people protesting to be free to be free to choose how they want to live their own lives, to be free from the control of others. That's why Thailand makes my list this week. And it also brings us to our last story, a story about half the world still fighting to be free in all countries, including our own. Our last headline, Why India is Talking About Ripped Jeans and Knees, BBC. Now I'm calling it, this is a lo-fi must-read, people. I'll give you the short version, then branch into why it makes my list and a larger discussion about us and who we are as people, but you should check this article out for yourself. So in India, apparently some misogynistic, patriarchal politicians, they don't care much for women wearing jeans with rips over their knees. And apparently these holy of holy men think it's inappropriate, improper, and leads to immorality and the decline of society. Apparently these men think the character of a person is determined by the type of pants they wear. And apparently these men, they think they should be able to tell women what to wear and what those clothes they wear mean. And women in India, they are hashtagging the living hell out of ripped jeans. I mean, this is pretty great and incredible. Like I said, you should check out this story and see what's going on. I mean, for eons, the patriarchy has existed. For eons, misogyny wasn't even misogyny. It was just the way things are supposed to be. And you know what we here at Lo-Fi Poli-Sci say to that? We say to hell with that. As if ripped jeans over the knees leads to the degradation of society. Please! You know what leads to the degradation of society? How about persecuting your Muslim minority population? Or how about creating a law that makes mixed-faith marriages have to go through a two-month waiting period with the intervention of a local magistrate because you put out propaganda about some bullshit called conversion marriages, that way you can simply use it to marginalize people and keep them under control? Ripped jeans over your knees leads to the degradation of society. Please! You're degrading your society perfectly fine on your own, men. Perhaps if you let women and minority groups have more of a say, your society would be all the better for it. I mean, life isn't extraordinary because it's just the same old thing over and over again. It's extraordinary because it's extraordinary. It's new voices. It's the inclusion of diversity. It's 7.75 billion voices coming together to say, let us be free. And let us be free. Such a simple phrase, isn't it? This story makes my list this week because it represents 
how no less than half of the planet are still fighting for their freedom and equality. And that, my friends, is Pickering Unplugged. If you want to get the Lo-Fi Weekly, we are coming out with it on Saturday. Get at me with it. If you have top 10 ideas, get at me. If you had good news to share this coming Friday, get at me. Interested in being a co-host, interested in a flashcast, live stream, episode takeovers, always remember, Lo-Fi Policy is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Peace and well-being to all my human beings out there. Much love and always the best. Pickering, signing off. <laughs>